0: Hey, what's going on, everybody, here at the JJ Podcast? My guy JC here grinding. Uh, how you doing, my guy?
1: Chilling, bro. Fucking trade deadline part yes, two. Sir. Gotta get this shit going.
0: Yes, sir. Last episode we talked about kind of some trades that happened about three days before the deadline and uh, some some yeah. predictions kind of, I guess you could say. But now we we hear, we talking about the reactions of what happened on this big trading day. day. Um, it's crazy, man. If, if anybody out there that heard the first episode at the end, I said nothing really was going to come tonight. Um, <laughs> man, because last – I mean, I got to say last year, um, we didn't have many trades at the deadline. We had a little bit of uh, – But like the Lowry – yeah, the last couple of years, the deadline's dead always. I mean, there's, yeah. like, writer moves,
1: but the fact that all these, you know, star players got flipped the way they did, yes, I mean, sure.
0: It is crazy, But I mean, let's get right to it. I mean, the first big one, obviously, the one that everybody wants to talk about is the James Harden-Ben Simmons trade. Um, you and I were going back and forth on it the minute it happened uh, via text. Yep. I mean, I got to just say, man, the, the Sixers got fleeced big time, like, yep. right? I said in the last episode. I mean, the Simmons for Harden straight up is fair. Um, even if the Nets wanted to get like a Seth Curry or a Drum- Drummond, Drummer, one of those two, perfectly fine. That would have been okay. Um, but the fact that the Sixers had to throw in two first rounders um, and both of those players, I know. I understand. Look, I know they they kept Maxi and Feibel, uh, but I mean. Still, like, you're losing Seth Curry, who's been a solidified piece to this rotation, and Drummond, who's low-key been a good backup for M B this year. So, I don't know. That I think the Sixers got fleeced over James Harden, who really doesn't play defense as is. Um, he's a Ooh. great offensive scorer, probably one of the best in the league. But um, I think – at the end of the day, this can be good, but this can also go really bad for the Sixers. Um, so It's a huge move. Um, at the end of the day, look, they could have just signed them in free agency this summer and really just took the L, as I told a couple organizations to do, but I mean, Embiid's having a great year, MVP candidate, um, so yeah. I don't blame them for doing it. It's just a stupid move on the front office. Like Just coming from experience from the Lakers, when they were trying to do a lot of win-now moves um, mm-hmm. and fighting them in the ass now, and we'll talk about the fucking Lakers in a bit, but um, the Sixers got to be cautious and, and not be too aggressive in this win now mode because um, Joel and B can get hurt any minute. He can get hurt next game for all we know, and then it's just the Harden show again, all over again by himself. I like guess he was in Brooklyn. So the, the, the yeah. Sixers got flipped, or fleeced, as I said. I'm sure you agree. And then the Nets, boy oh boy, man, they flipping it. They're honestly the favorites in the East. I would still pick the Bucks as I told you, but the Nets. Holy crap, dude! Like they they got a Ben Simmons who will be playing. He's gonna play in Brooklyn at some point this mm-hmm. year. Um, he's not he's not gonna be needed to 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 score the ball, really make plays in general. He's just out there to play ball, play you know play defense, rebound, whatever he likes to do. They might put him at the five, and they might put him at the four. Durant's really the primary scorer there, with Kyrie being the second. So this is this is huge for the Nets for them to get more pieces outside of Simmons. I'm looking at Seth Curry, who's gonna be a one of the best three point shooters in that team. He's going to get open looks left and right. Um, and Drummond who the Brooklyn nets desperately needed a big man, uh, a big mm-hmm. man who's uh, slightly effective. And, um, Drummond's huge for Brooklyn. This is a perfect piece for him. Um, and on top of that, they get two first rounders. Um, so mm-hmm. this is, this is just Brooklyn won today's deadline, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they, they wanted, they've lost the last couple of trades Giving getting hard in was, was really questionable and an L in my book, but they got some pieces back and they are still in win now mode, understandably. So, uh, I guess I would give Brooklyn an A today and the Sixers probably like a C, uh, D plus.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, uh, I didn't think it was going to happen. I can say majority probably didn't think this was going to happen, but, um, Going to the Sixers, how do you go from asking for first-round picks to giving up two? I mean, that, that just it's, – it's questionable to me. And Daryl Morey, I know that's his guy, James Harden. I, I know they, they have a very – you know, they have a big fondness for each other. But, I mean, they, I mean, Stephen A., I heard him say it earlier, this might be one of the most catastrophic moves in Daryl Morey's career. And I, and I agree with him because he gave up. I mean, I, I don't agree with that Seth Curry move. I do not. The, the He knows how to play with Embiid. And the other two, the other couple of guys they have as shooters, that they just haven't panned out. I'm trying to think Corksmont and, you know, Danny Green, I think is still there. Maybe I'm tripping. But, I mean, I just think they lost so much. And basically, like you said, if Embiid gets hurt. James Harden is just in the same situation he was just in then going to be by himself. He's going to be in Philly, and he's going to be complaining. And I saw Bennett tweet that. I can't wait for Harden trade uh, rumors next year. And it's true. Like, at some point, you have to be the common denominator in all this shit. Like, this is – it didn't work out in Houston. They got you everybody they wanted. It didn't work out. You go to Brooklyn where you're not the guy, and I don't know if that rubbed him the wrong way or what, and now all of a sudden he wants out of Brooklyn. At some point, you got to take accountability for yourself, bro. Like, exactly. You're the one who, who came in and overweight, and that's, that's keeping it nice. I'm going to be nice. He came in overweight last season because he didn't want to play. He wanted to go to strip clubs and party. Then he got traded. He was still out of shape. And now he has one of the, the most lingering hamstring injuries of NBA history. I mean, he's still hurt, supposedly. And for Daryl Murray to put the chips all in – I get it, the East is kind of open at, at the moment, but you're giving the Nets everything they need. I mean, what? how does this make you better? Like, you're weakening your team and strengthening the the favorite, and I don't get how Brooklyn fought, like, their odds, you know, fell a little bit.
0: Yeah, that was weird. I, I'm, I,
1: don't, I don't know what Vegas is thinking, that all of a sudden, that Harden and Embiid are together, that's going to be, you know, oh, it's going to be peanut butter and jelly. Like, no, like, you have to understand that Embiid has been the dude. The offense runs through him, and now he's going to be with one of the dribble brothers in Harden, and it's going to take time to adjust. It's not going to be right away they're going to, you know, all hell breaks loose and, you know, everything's going to go Philly's way. Like, oh, no, like, this is going to take a lot more adjusting. Brooklyn, like you said, they won this trade big time. And, you know, I I like Claxton better than Drummond, but like like you said, they still needed size for that second unit right. so it works out i mean brooklyn yeah you want to talk about a big winner on the deadline a plus for me yeah the, the sixers it has to break right mm-hmm. i i give it a c plus a b minus just the just yeah. on the potential I, i'm not going to sit here and say it's a trash move i get why they did it but man this is a this is going to be riding a lot on more if this doesn't work out and i i'm honestly going to predict it's not i i just james harden is always the common denominator and why his teams don't get far as they do. And, you know, last year is kind of an outlier because Durant got hurt and or excuse me, everybody got hurt on that team. And, you know, it was all Durant, but all the other teams, it's all his, it's all on him. Like say what you want and, you know, all the pressure's on him again. This is what he didn't want. And now the pressure's back on him again. I understand he hasn't beat, but again, now the offense rolls through you Harden and, uh, I don't know if this is going to work out for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, you kind of hit the point with this lingering hamstring injury. Like, it, it's kind of karma hitting him with, with, the you know, coming in overweight sometimes and and things like that. Um, like you said, though, I mean, there is potential with this team. I'm not completely trashing the Sixers here. You know, yeah. and Embiid could be, you know, the next Shaq and Kobe for all we know. Um, that's kind of exaggerating a little bit. But, I mean, it's possible, I guess you can say, to say the least. This team's still very good. Like I said, they still kept their defenders, you know, um, and things like that. But um, this is just a huge risk, especially at the fact that Harden could have just came in the summer and you could have traded Simmons. You know, like Simmons is already in too deep. Like the man was not going to play this season if he was going to stay there. If I, was, if I was a Sixers franchise, I would have just, you know – really trade them in the off season where, you know, teams are going to reevaluate themselves and, and you know, probably, you know, jump the gun on, on, on giving up a lot for Simmons Um and Harden could have joined easily. So it's just, it's just a lot of, uh, the Sixers really just got very impatient with the entire process. They, they, you know, they preached the process, you know, blah, 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 for the last 10 years. Um And today they really just said, fuck the process. We're winning it now. And, and as you said, the East is open, but you, you yeah. got to remember, there's a lot of teams in the East that are actually pretty respectable this season. Like I saw, like we both said, the Bulls, the Heat, um, you know, the Bucks are still there, you know. So the East is a lot stronger than the West this year. And, and for the Sixers really to just say, you know what, we're going to go for it, by all means, I respect them for it. But it, it, this could really, really bite them in the ass real soon, especially if Harden – I know he uh, opted into next season already. But after that, after two years, who knows? Who knows what they're going to want to do.
1: Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. I mean, that that contract is disgusting, and um, yeah, I mean, Philly, this is this is the move, this is the all-in, and I, I just don't see it. I I don't think this is enough to win the East this year. I don't. And like you said, Milwaukee, if it comes, if a gun's to my head, I'm picking Milwaukee as well. I mean, what Giannis did last year, I can't, you know, I can't see that not happening again, where he just locks in and becomes the best player on the planet and you know takes over the postseason so or the playoffs excuse me, not football. But um you know, I I I just can't believe this actually happened and, you know, Brooklyn they're just so flexible now. And you know, like like I told you, they have more ways to defend the Bucks now. You know, last year they didn't they couldn't. It was just, you know, one forty, one thirty type games all series and you know, now it's going to be a lot more rough and tough. And who's the better team? Who's the, you know, more dedicated team? Because that defense that they, they can throw at anybody now, as long as Simmons comes back physically and mentally well, oof, I mean, they're going, to be, they're going to be a tough out. So. I
0: mean I, I think Ben Simmons mentally I to be quite honest with you, I think he was you know, going through some stuff at the beginning of the season. But I think at this point of, of the season, I think he's fine. I really I just think he's in too deep and coming back. I think he doesn't want to play in this organization anymore. I think he'll be fine, ready to go. I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. within a week or two he's he's back or he's back on the court. Um the only thing that I think that might hold him back is his physical shape and basketball shape where the Nets might be cautious to to bring him back until he's ready. So I think mentally he's ready to go. I think he was just needed a fresh start um, and he's excited to play in Brooklyn with, with Kevin Durant,
1: <laughs> you, in my opinion. You, I, I saw a tweet. They're like, Simmons is going to come out like Blake Griffin did. And instead of dunking his first game, he's going to shoot a three or his first game and make it. Like, uh, I, I mean, this, this is going to be interesting, man, how he comes out. And yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it was more a scenery wise. Like he was upset and hurt by the comments that Embiid and Rivers made and, mm-hmm. You know, I I get where he's coming from. I just I, – I feel like he went about it the wrong way as far as losing all that money and, you know, never seeing that again. But, I mean, hey, he got what he wanted. His camp got what he wanted. Got what they wanted. He's out of there. He's in Brooklyn. He's probably in the best situation possible, you know, as opposed to the other scenarios where he was going to go to Indiana or Sacramento. I mean, this is just – he should be praising all glory to God because, man, that's a – Hell of a situation to go in. And I, I honestly feel like uh Brooklyn and the NBA, they're going to lift the the vaccine rules, and Kyrie's going to play home games by the playoffs. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, this team, by playoff time, is going to, like I said, tough out, and, you know, we'll see what happens. That's all I really have on this I don't know if you have anything yeah. else to touch on.
0: No, I mean, we're going to probably reevaluate this Um right before playoff time, kind of see where both teams are in standings and stuff like that. But um let me ask you real quick before we move on, and just just as a quick refresher, um the top yeah. six are not in the play-in games, correct? The seven and nine seed are? Or the seven and eight Yes, yeah,
1: seven, seven through ten, yeah.
0: Okay, because this is kind – of, I'm just – there, they're Everyone that I'm thinking of is in an interesting spot. Obviously, the Miami Heat, the Bucks, the Bulls. Your top three dogs, and then you have the Cavs at four. The Sixers are out, are in. You know, for now, uh, outside of the playoff, in, the playing game. They're they're qualified in. They don't have to play that game. The Brooklyn's eighth seed. I'm just curious as to this trade. Like, will will, will this be enough for Brooklyn to get out of the playing game and just qual- and um, make it? Um, but that, that just means they have to take the Raptors or the Cavs out, one of those two teams. It's just an interesting spot. I, I, I don't know if you're expecting it, but I'm kind of expecting Brooklyn to not play in the playing game. Um, but it's going to be a tough one. No, me tough. neither. So, um, but moving on, let's go. Yeah, no, I, I don't think. Oh, go ahead. My bad. Um, I,
1: I, I think they'll be like four through six, somewhere there. Mm. I think they're kind of behind. You know, they're on a, what is it, nine-game skid now. Mm-hmm. so it's going to take time for them to come back. They're going to get past Boston. They're going to get past Toronto. I think they'll jump Philly too, so. Um,
0: That's what I'm saying. It's kind of an yeah, interesting spot. Be up there. It's kind of an interesting spot because if like the if the Bucks end up number one, um, and then the Sixers and Brooklyn both are the fourth and fifth seed, like, second round's going to be get really juicy, um, and fourth, first round, so I, don't be surprised if you see one of these quote-unquote super teams face each other in the first round, really, is what I'm trying to say, so it's kind of Kind of interesting to yeah. monitor. Obviously, we'll, we'll look back at it in a couple months when playoffs start. But let's let's talk about this trade. This is another big one. Um, and then we'll we'll get to one of yours that you wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about this Porzingis trade because this one kind mm-hmm. of shocked me as well. Like I know he, he was not happy really in Dallas, um, but I didn't think it was going to boil over to the trade deadline today. I thought it was going to wait at least to the offseason, kind of give Jason Kidd a shot to really uh, utilize him more. But – I think the six – other than the sixes, I think the Mavericks kind of got fleeced as well, in my opinion. Um,
1: <laughs> because
0: Porzingis, as – you know, let, let's let face it. He's not New York Knicks, Porzingis. He's, he's, you know, a little older. You know, he's not in his prime anymore. Uh, but the dude, you know, protected the rim pretty fairly. And you're giving up Porzingis, really, for – what's his name? Davis Bertans?
1: Yeah, Davis.
0: Yeah, like the dude – I've seen him play a couple of times. I've seen him when they play the Lakers. He's a good three point shooter, but like, I just learned about his contract actually today. And holy fuck, yeah. why would the Mavericks take that contract? Like, that is a horrible contract to take. And I think uh, Porzingis obviously has two years and getting paid more for it throughout those two mm-hmm. years. But in my opinion, um, Davis, I guess you say, um, the dude. Yeah, he's
1: like European,
0: so he's Davis, not Davis. Yeah, like, it's. <laughs> I just don't understand why the Mavericks took him in this deal. Like he's, he's had, like, apparently he's having one of the worst years of uh, this season um, of his career. Um, he's not producing offensively and he's always been a defensive liability. So it's just kind of an odd trade. And then Spencer Dinwiddie, um, you know, he's not the old Brooklyn Spencer Dinwiddie that we know, um, but you never know. Maybe Jason Kidd could get something out of him. But the thing that I've noticed about Dinwiddie in his entire career is that he's really good with the ball in his hands and, obviously being in Dallas that's Lucas team Lucas really much never going to give up the ball um i'm not saying he's selfish but luca is a better playmaker than Dinwiddie, and obviously the offense is going to run through luca so this is kind of an also a questionable acquisition um i think porzingis they could have got more trading porzingis um somewhere else but what do i know i don't I mean, think that, so i think Dallas really just wanted to get rid of porzingis at this point and um, Dinwiddie, you're getting him on his potential, um, even though he's not as young as he used to be. And, and Davis, I guess I don't know. They're they're hoping he could bank on that uh, contract he, and and become that lethal three point shooter that he was before.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think they would have got anything else. I don't think anybody wants Porzingis. And um, with Bertons, I mean, you want to talk about a dude that became a fat cat. Once he signed his extension, <laughs> he just he just said fuck it. Like I got my money. I'm not gonna really try and. You know, he did have like a little moment in the bubble, but that's about it. Yeah, he's been having – ever since he signed that extension, I mean, it's been terrible. And, yeah, Dinwiddie, I thought, you know, Dallas was going to try to flip, uh, you know, his salary and Finney Smith for something else, but they extended Finney Smith. So, I'm confused because they have Brunson. I don't know why they need Dinwiddie. I don't know if they're thinking of just in case Luka gets hurt. They can think, have him as depth, but I think I, I don't. Just don't I, mean, I don't understand it either. I
0: don't mean to cut you off, Brett, but I think I kind of want to answer that really quick. I think they got Dinwiddie also with it just as a backup plan for Brunson because he's a free agent this year and he's having a hell of a season. And I think he's going to go out <clears three throat> and get paid. And I think Dallas is not going to be able to afford him. So I think this is kind of also a backup plan. You know, if you lose Brunson off season, you have Dinwiddie still. But still, I don't know. Like, if if you just extended, um, oh shit, I forgot his name now. Right now, today. Uh, the maps. Benny Smith? Yeah, if you just extended him, like, that just tells me you kind of have some wiggle room and money to to pay for Brunson to and extend him. But it was just kind of a questionable trade in my eyes. But no, continue. Sorry.
1: No, I mean, yeah, like you said, I I just don't understand it. And if that's the case with that, then why not try to get assets for him? You know what I mean? Like, if you, because I told you, Brunson, I don't know how it works, but he can make more money on another team. So, if you're scared of him potentially walking, I mean, you might as well have made that – that because I promise you, you're going to hear chatters about Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie being unhappy in Dallas. I mean, he's not going to get the ball. Like you said, Luca is the man over there, and he makes the plays, and he makes the moves. So, I, I mean, Dallas, I guess, cool for – you know, you got what you got for Porzingis. Like I said, I, I don't see any value with him at the moment. You know, he's kind of tarnished his value with the way he's been playing and his health. So, I mean, I guess good on them, but it, it, like you said, questionable move. I don't, I don't understand it, but, hey, I mean, I guess they got something for an asset, so I mean, can't blame them too much. I would have rather gotten a pick over Dinwiddie. You want Bertons for shooting, and hopefully he can kind of get out, get out of his little slump that he's been having the past two years, but I would rather have gotten a pick or something instead of Dinwiddie, but, hey, who knows? Maybe they, they they're thinking 10 steps ahead than we are, so.
0: I mean, that's true. I mean, I, there, there's a reason why like these guys get paid for the positions they're in. But this is just really kind of looking at it from the outside in. Um, it's yeah. just weird. It's just a weird, weird situation. Um, is there – I wanted to get to you, though. I know you had a couple of trades in mind that you kind of wanted to talk about real quick or about your Celtics, too. Um, the floor is yours.
1: Well – that Celtics, the Celtics are a joke. I mean, that, let's just be real. The, the moves that they made today, how how is this getting better? Like, I they got under the the luxury tax. Okay, cool. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have minded the the original trade that they made with um, what was it? The I would have I would have been happy with Bull Bo and um, what's his name? PJ Dozier to the Magic because that's what made them under the luxury tax. Cool end it right there. If there wasn't a good offer for Schroeder or anybody, then don't make the move, but they flip Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, and a first-round pick for Derek White? Are we really saying Derek White is a superstar caliber player for you to trade a first-round pick? I understand in the NBA, first-round picks don't have that high of value, but a first-round pick and two players for Derek White? Stop it. Then you, you go to the to the Houston trade, I get getting rid of Schroeder. But what what is the thought process that Brad is going through? You basically traded one point guard to get another point guard. I, I, I don't understand what he's doing. You traded and you get rid of your size. I mean, and his freedom. I, I don't want to say cancel because it's freedom now. And his freedom and Bruno Fernando, what the hell are we trading them for? For what? To get more under the luxury tax? How is this going to keep the the Jays and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. How's this going to keep them happy? I feel like in the offseason, one of these guys are going to request a trade, and I don't blame him. I really don't. This is a mess. This is no better than what Danny Ainge was doing with the Celtics. I mean, I, I don't understand the moves. We got Daniel Tice back. Why the fuck didn't we just pay him if he wanted him back? What are we getting him back for? I don't understand. These moves are so questionable. This does not make the team better. And we're gonna be around five hundred the rest of the way. I know we're thirty-one and twenty-five or whatever, but we're it's gonna be like forty-one and forty-one or forty-two and forty. Like this, this, team is not going anywhere, and they're not making any moves. I promise you, Celtics fans, whoever's listening. I know my boy Jalil is a big Celtics fan, and he was pissed off just as I was. No, the Celtics are not making any big moves for Beal or for John Collins. Like none of that shit is happening. And one of these two are going to request a trade, and it's going to be a sad day because the Celtics, they go from three out of four Eastern Conference finals to this fucking mess the past two years. So, I mean, this is a joke, that what's going on there. And, you know, you thought Brad Stevens kind of knew, understood what he was doing. In the, in the offseason, he actually made decent moves, and I understand they haven't panned out, but for the time being, he gets the point guard and schroeder. He gets defense and wing help with Richardson. And Richardson's having a better season than Derek White, and we just flip him for – I I don't understand it. I really don't. We could have got more for those assets. And, man, I mean, we flipped five five assets for two guys. I, I don't get it.
0: Yeah, the, the roster has really opened up for the Celtics in the buyout market. So, maybe, maybe they find somebody good in the buyout market in a couple of weeks or in a couple of days. Who knows?
1: I don't see it. I don't know who's hitting the buyout market that – what makes Brad think they're going to get him. They're not going to get anybody. I'll tell you that right now. Drummond was all – we might get Drummond last year. It obviously didn't happen. You guys got him. So, no, Brad, this was just a – this was an F F minus. If I could give him a lower grade, I would. This was a terrible trade deadline. And this is a rebuilding team for the next five years. That's just the way I see it. They're going to blow it up in two years, and it's over. It's over. This is a joke. They're not making any moves.
0: Yeah, I just I, – I don't know what the Celtics are really doing in Boston. I th- I think in reality, they really should just pick Tatum or, or Brown, one of the two. Obviously, you and I both agree it's not going to ever work together. And <clears throat> they just got to pick one. But for some reason, they're kind of just trying to – I don't know what – if they're trying to just win now or also kind of just, you know, you, you have to pick one side. You can't be both. This isn't baseball yeah. or football where you kind of – you know you try to win out but also say your assets like an nba it's either you're all in or you're taking a fat l and you're selling there's a reason why the deadline is kind of big sometimes every year because look wow. at the pacers the pacers have uh, realized you're not you're not going to win this year you're going to just give out anything you can for assets and the yeah. celtics kind of are in a position where like it feels like they're trying to sell um but they understand that they you shouldn't be with with the two players that they have on their roster so just, just keep an eye out for the buyout market. I know you, you have no any like low hopes of them getting anybody. I agree. I, th- I think um, unless somebody really wants to move to Boston, I don't see them really getting big players in the buyout market as well. And
1: you know what's crazy is Celtics fans, me including, uh, and I've, i I feel like I've been on this pod saying this. All the assets that Danny Ainge had, and he never pulled the trigger on any move, and now we have little to no assets and Brad Stevens is going gun crazy. I I don't understand this. Like what? I don't know. This is just ridiculous. When we have too many assets, we don't use them. When we have no assets, we use all of them. So, you know, explain that to me. I I don't get it. And yeah, you're right. I mean, you can't be in the middle in the NBA. There's no such thing as, Oh, you know, we're going to, we're going to make the playoffs and you could sit here all you want. NBA guys, analytics guys, whatever, and say, oh, playoff reps matter and blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, these guys have been in the playoffs already. Why are we getting bounced in the first round every year now to say, oh, but these reps are really good for these guys? No, it's not. This is making these guys realize more and more, like, I want to get out of here. So,
0: There's a reason why a lot of superstars ask for trades because they're tired of losing in the playoffs. You are correct. You are correct on that one, man. But we'll leave it at that for your Celtics, man. Hey, look, I got to say – um, is I feel bad for y'all, but not much because, well, I'm a Laker fan, we're going through it a lot. And we'll y'all. Yeah,
1: honestly, I would have rather gone the L.A. route and not do shit. Like, if you can't do shit, don't do shit. Like, it's that simple. You guys, it's not like you guys made a, like, a, oh, let's go trade Russell Westbrook for John Wall. Like, that one that made you guys better. And on top of that, losing a first-round pick. So, I mean, yeah. you guys, even though you didn't get anything, you didn't, you know, get an F in the trade that like You just got to, you know incomplete for yeah, now. Cause... I would
0: I would agree. I mean, I was just about to talk about them. I'm glad you brought him up and transitioned into them. I think they did the right thing, honestly. I, I was telling Thomas that, like, um, there's really nothing you can do to fix his roster this season. Like, you just got to take the L, um, you know, play with what you have. Obviously, be a player in the buyout market if you can. But, I mean, Westbrook's contract is its contract. You know, I, he's going to play um, the rest of this year with us. John Wall. It would have been nice, but really uh, John Wall's contract is kind of similar to Westbrook's. Um, and the fact that the Rockets, would, like you said, are asking for a first-round pick, fuck that, just keep it. I was looking at the first-round picks this, today. I was kind of curious. Dude, the Pelicans – I wanted to ask you this real quick too, and ask Thomas, do you think, looking at it now, do you think the Pelicans fleece the Lakers in that trade for AD? Because they have this year's pick, then they have next year's pick, and then the year after that they have the right to swap picks. Um First round, Uh, 2026. I believe they swap again. So the next four years, the Pelicans really control our first round destiny.
1: Well, I would say you guys got fleeced if you didn't win the championship. If there was still, if there was no ring, of course. But no, you guys got a championship. But at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, they got the they got picks. It's kind of like an OKC situation. They have all those picks, but no, it's never for sure thing that they pan out. So nah, you guys, you guys won that trade. At the end of the day.
0: It just it just worries me because obviously like you you can agree I mean the Lakers are ass this year uh, we lost to Portland last game which is horrible yeah um it it just looks like we're not going up we're going to keep dropping and dropping we may it's come to the point where I don't even know if we're gonna if we're a shoe in for the playing game so if <laughs> we're if we end up becoming a lottery team it's kind of just like who knows maybe the odds do go to Pelicans and they become a, a it's the fourth pick of the draft so. It's it's yeah. something very sketchy and like a little nervous. Um, that's what I was asking you because what if one of these picks end up becoming a f- top five pick? And, you know, the obviously the Pelicans have draft smart too, but they have the opportunity to get somebody great. So it's just something to monitor there. But at the end of the day, look, LeBron is, is frustrated. AD is frustrated, in my opinion. Really, you just got to keep doing this, play hard, and, and hope for the best um, at this point. I mean, I think the season's over with. Um, if we make the playing game, that'll be great. But Let's not mortgage our future for this season when, in reality, we were never going to contend with Phoenix and, and Golden State. So, I like you said, it's an incomplete, but I'll, I'll give them a positive grade today. I'll give them a B just for not doing shit.
1: Yeah, and for them, like, I feel for them in a sort of how I feel for Durant in a way because it's like, yeah, you know, they're struggling. And it's a bad, but it's kind of like this is the bed they they made and now they have to lay in. So, you know, you know, this is the team that LeBron put together. Obviously, it's not working out. But, man, if you guys could have done that deal that we were talking about earlier with Reddish and Burks going to you guys, oof. I mean, the floor spacing on that team, it would have been nuts. So, I mean, that's the only move I feel like you should have tried. If if it wasn't the table, I just looked at a report saying you guys were trying to get John Wall and Christian Wood for Horton Tucker, Westbrook, and at first. I mean, that kind of would have been weird because – you have two bigs. I don't, I don't know. But, um, you know, it's, I, I still think it's good for them for not doing anything. And if they can turn it around internally, then, hey, maybe it works out better. But maybe they're in a bio market. I feel like they're more in a bio market than anybody. They're L.A. They're always going to get somebody. So, you know, maybe Drogic changes his mind and goes to L.A. instead of Dallas. So, That's
0: what I was thinking, um, too. Maybe Drogic could come in. Who knows? But. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you, and I don't want to kind of bring you down here, but I think that, like, the Lakers have are probably the most obvious place for buyout players to go to. Um, of Boston's course. Boston's really not up there, I think.
1: Of course. Yeah, so, I, I, bro, I've, I've known this for years, I know. Uh, so, can we – you brought them up, and I kind of want to talk about how sneaky good their deadline was. The Phoenix Suns. I mean, yes. you talk about a team that was already number one, already in the prime position to, you know, basically go back to the finals and they get Aaron holiday and Torrey Craig, who they had on the roster last year in the playoffs. How, how does this happen? Who was giving these guys to Phoenix? Why are you even talking with Phoenix right now? I I don't get it. Like, man, they, they, to me, they fleeced uh, Indy. You could say Jalen Smith. Oh, he has potential. But Andy's in a rebuild. They have time to, you know, work on his potential, work on his game. Phoenix, you know, their they're win now, they don't want to worry about a, a second-year guy, basically a rookie because he didn't really play that much last year. You know, oh, we got to develop him, this and that. Like, they made that guy in a pick into Aaron Holiday and Torrey Craig. I mean, woof. You want to talk about a team that has an A-plus, another A-plus for me with Phoenix. You know, those are really good depth moves. They already got Shamit in the offseason, and they're just – they keep adding, you know, point guards and ball handlers and everything they didn't have last year, they have now. So watch out, everybody else in the West. Man, crazy.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't know about the Aaron Holiday move really kind of more just because, I mean, they have already a lot of point guards, Cameron Payne, Chris Paul, Landry Shamit kind of – Three guys already there, unless one of them just, you know, is, is out for the season. Really, I mean,
1: Payne, can you really trust Payne? You don't like Payne. Nobody I, likes Cameron Payne.
0: I hate Cameron Payne with passion. But, I mean, I got to give him his respect. The Duke can Ball, I mean, he kind of showed up a little bit in the playoffs last season. So, um, Look what happened in the finals. He fizzled out. That, that is that's true. What, I feel like that's a good move on
1: them. And Shamit's more a two-guard. So mm-hmm. Aaron Holiday – He's basically the backup now. I don't trust Cameron Payne in the playoffs anymore. So, um, I will. Say That's I why do, I thought it was a good move.
0: I do love the Craig move, the, the Tory Craig move. Um, just as you said, he's there. Yeah. You know this 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 team really, and he's locked in for next season. So the Suns don't have to worry about paying him. Um, he's good to go for two for for two seasons for I guess a season and a half. Um, and to answer your question, I think the Pacers did this just because they're like I said, they're they're young. They're they're trying to give these guys minutes. Um and at that point I think they really understood like, you know, Tari Craig's gonna probably leave next season and we might as well just ship him off now while he still has value because we want to give these younger pieces um some some playing time. So I understand why the Pacers did it and you know really it was just it was kind of that, that kind of game where the you know sharks smell blood and, and the Suns were the first team were the first shark to capitalize on, on the on that stuff. So shout out to the Suns. I mean they played it smooth but I I want I I, I I'll raise you, um this this move. I see this move and I'll raise you the bucks. Did you see the bucks straight today? Mm. Holy crap! That yeah, is, That is a fucking steal. That is gonna go down as one of the under the table best deals of the deadline today. Getting Sergi Baco is huge. Um, I think they needed some some uh protection down in the rim. Um, I you know with Giannis being one of the best defenders in the league, I I think it would have helped to have somebody else that could shot block. Brooke Lopez, as good as he is, uh recently he's hurt and um he's not really a threat um as a rim protector. So I love the move really. And yeah, the whole trade in general was just good for all parties, in my opinion. You know, the the Kings got rid of Bagley. Thank God, I guess in their eyes. The you know, his dad's super hyped. Um, you know, the the Clippers again, they're getting pieces for next season. Rodney Hood's a great addition. Um, it looks like he'll stick around next season. So Really the Clippers are just getting prepared for next year. i'm giving these guys playing time for now and, and the Kings got the dante De Vincenzo. Dude, I don't understand why the Bucks really didn't like him as much. I think he was a good player. I think he's kind of like a like a like a three and D guy. I don't know. The dude can play he yeah. can play some defense. It was just confusing me why the Bucs really didn't have much faith in him.
1: Well, we knew the Kings liked him after the Bogdanovich trade that didn't go through, so mm-hmm. You know, they finally get their guy. But, yeah, I, I don't understand either. Those are the type of guys I would want around Giannis. And, you know, maybe he wasn't a glue guy, a team guy. And, you know, that. yeah, but, of course, that Serge Ibaka trade. It, it's like when they got Bobby Portis last year. Under the radar, nobody really cared. But when it matters most in the playoffs, I mean, this is why they won it last year. They just have so much flexibility and so much depth. You know, once Giannis goes out, it's not that scary anymore like it was last year. So or the year years prior. So I mean, good move on them of course. I I just feel like it, it's shaping out honestly. It might be Phoenix Milwaukee again. I mean, <laughs> unless one of these teams, like the Warriors or somebody can really take control and really give these guys a you know a run for their money. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it's Phoenix Milwaukee again because the way these two teams are going about their their team building. And obviously that Aiton issue, I it's still lingering in my eyes, but hopefully it doesn't come up to bite them eventually. But, you know, with those two teams, what they did in the offseason and in the deadline, I mean, it's going to be tough to beat them, man. They have the experience. They've been there before. And, you know, they're the teams to beat in their conferences. You know, you know I know Brooklyn, what they did, and the Warriors getting playback and all that.
0: But, man, those two teams, it's going to be tough, really tough to beat them. Absolutely, I I think like you said, both these teams really got stronger today, and they don't need a buyout market. I guess you can say they they'll ship out some players for 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 better ones. So I don't know, man. It it's I a lot of big moves today. I did not expect any of this to happen. Yeah. Oh, one more one more trade I want to talk about: Montrez Harrell. Holy crap! That one. I, what is up with him, dude? He has not been happy since the Clippers days like he wasn't happy with the Lakers and then obviously he he voiced um his his opinion in Washington wanting to leave like and now he's in Charlotte do you think that it's gonna work out for him down there
1: no because when they actually need him in the postseason they can't play him I mean he got exposed Mm -hmm. in that Denver series and every time he plays another big man he just gets you know trampled he just gets exposed like I said and um, no, I, I I don't see it working out anywhere. I mean, he has to be your third rotation center for it to work. He it, it, it can't be your sec your first or second guy, because if it is, again, he's gonna get exposed, and then the team's gonna voice frustration like they did in L.A. with the Clippers, with the Lakers, and um I've, Washington knows more on him wanting out. I feel like that was an ideal situation for him, but hey, I, you know, I'm not in issue, issues, so. Um, yeah, I de- it's not gonna work out in my eyes. He has to be your third guy, as far as centers. And yeah, weird trade. I mean, what did they give up? Ish Smith and uh, what was his name?
0: Vernon Carey, Carey, Vernon Carey. So, yeah, Vernon Carey's a pretty good uh, defensive guard. So I-, I like the move on that part for the Wizards. Really, um, like you said, Harold's just a liability on defense. He's always has been. Yeah. I think he has a. He's he plays hard. He, But he has the size of a four position more than a five. And if you're Mm going to play the four, you kind of have to learn how to shoot the ball and space the floor because that's today's NBA. You can't – this isn't the 80s and 90s where you have the the four and the five down low and protecting the rims and and posting up. It's not like that anymore. The four guy has to be a good three-point shooter, and um, he's just not going to – he's not going to add that. And if you put him at five, you really just, like you said, put a big man on him and he'll – barbecue chicken as such likes to say but um the trade overall i, I don't know we'll see we'll monitor i'm kind of i'm not going to give a grade on this just yet cuz i haven't seen much of hornets basketball so i don't know how they're going to utilize him really but who knows maybe lamelo will throw lobs to him a lot i mean lamelo's really good
1: uh, yeah the hornets that's all they really need is a big i mean obviously veteran help and all that but um yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't see this really panning out for Hornets fans, like maybe they think it will as far as making a deep playoff run this year, but um yeah, I mean that's basically it. Yeah, unless you wanna talk about Drogic, like where do you think he's going?
0: Um, I think I really do think he's gonna go, like I don't know. I'm I'm I wanna say Lakers, but I'm not gonna get my hopes up too high because I think at this point, the the franchise is just so dysfunctional right now, and everyone knows it. That I don't, I don't really. I know we talked about you know them being a, a always a destination for buyout players, but I think this year might be a little different. I just think people don't want to go um, as 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 uh, as much as they wanted to in the past. I think Dragic might look away and go somewhere else, um, somewhere where they're going to need a backup point guard. Um, oddly enough, I'm thinking like Miami maybe um, again. Be- yeah, I just you know I'm thinking of something like that where it's just it's just weird, but um I really I don't know. I can't tell you where he's gonna go. I I'm hoping Lakers, but I'm gonna kinda hold off on that.
1: You know what I think might happen is they buy out the I think Dallas might buy out Stinweedy or something. I, I feel I feel like Dragic wants to go play with this Slovenian brother, Doncic. That was the rumor for months when he got traded to uh, Toronto, they're like, oh well, they'll make a trade to get Dragic, and that's it. And, you know, obviously, with all the point guards they have now, maybe not, but something tells me I feel like he'll kind of bite the bullet and be like, you know, what? I want to go play with uh, Luca, and um, you know, maybe that happens. But yeah, LA—I mean, of course, the, even the Clippers might be in the mix because I honestly, the way the Clippers are building their roster, I know it's way too early. They—they they might be a serious West a contender next year like a favorite
0: yeah, potentially is.
1: If if they can if they can stay healthy, every move they made, I mean, you have to give the Clippers an A plus. And I know you hate that because fuck the Clippers, right? But I mean what they're doing with all the moves Covington, and Powell, you said Rodney Hood, they got in that bucks trade. I mean, everything they've done, woof. I mean, watch out for the Clippers next year. They might actually pull it off because Another team that kind of disappointed me that they didn't make a move and, it, again, it's kind of hard that they could. Denver really can make some noise with Luka, oh, i was going to say Luka, Jokic and Murray when they're healthy, but they need help besides those two. And, you know, they really don't have depth. And maybe they were kind of taking the Lakers route. Eh, we don't have nothing to give up, so we won't give up nothing. But they're another team that, like we said, this, this playoffs, again, there's no favorite on either side. So, you know, it's wide open. It's right there for the taking. And, you know, obviously Milwaukee Phoenix, they're right there. Like, you know what, fuck that. We're going to take it. You know, Philly thinks they're going to get to the finals with those two. We'll see. But Denver really should have been aggressive in this deadline. They could have used the Jeremy Grant, which is funny enough because they got rid of him. Or they didn't want to pay him. But, yeah, I mean, that's it with the deadline. That's all I really have.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think – Capital on the Nuggets real quick. Um, I was hearing rumors, you know, they were trying to make some deals, and um, I think the only valuable asset that they were kind of, you know, uh considering or other you know GMs was was uh Will Barton. But I think the Nuggets are kind of hesitant on getting rid of him and um I guess rightfully so. So really that was the only yeah. piece that they were willing to part ways with or kind of considering it. Obviously, they're not gonna get rid of Aaron Gordon right now, and, and MPJ and all them boys. So, uh, Will Barton was just one piece that was kind of out there that people might were considering. But Nuggets ended up. Oh, I, I actually do want
1: to talk one more thing. Um, did you see, like, just potential trades now, because, I mean, who knows if they're true or not, but did you see that, like, Miles Turner almost got traded to Brooklyn? Can you imagine if that happens? Bro, I I would have lost my fucking mind. Or fucking the Knicks were. Ch- Can you believe the Knicks didn't make any moves? I thought I'm Reddish shocked.
0: was for, for sure gone. Yeah, I was shocked by that. Or even Julius Randle. Um, by that means that, or like none of those two players got traded today. Um, I'm very surprised the Knicks were quiet. They're the most surprising team that was quiet today for me.
1: Yeah, we'll just leave it there. Yeah, yeah crazy-ass deadline. Probably the, the best deadline for the past, I don't even know, decade. Honestly, that's not exaggerating.
0: Mm-hmm. The deadline's yeah. usually
1: pretty quiet for all the rumors, and this was nuts. So, yeah.
0: Historically, yeah. the last couple of years, it, it's been the buyout market that's been more hot. Um, but who knows, maybe it still will be this year. But as it ran the deadline really came in and, and really blew everything up.
1: Yeah. All right, y'all, so that's it. Make sure to follow our social medias. Leave a five-star rating. Stay safe, stay blessed. Peace. Catch you in the next one.
0: Peace.